This is Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, featuring distinctly qualified global changemakers dedicated to creating a healthier planet. One where our unique gifts are lived, expressed, and celebrated. I'm your host, Julian Guderlai. And I'm here today with Amrit Sandhu from Inspired Evolution. Welcome, Amrit. Ew! It is such a pleasure to be here, bro. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I love you. I love you already. This is such a, <laughs> such a exhilarating way to you announce yourself in the episodes. I remember being on your podcast and being like, what the, what the F is he doing? <laughs> Amri, you've, you've built an ecosystem of change making, of change makers. You've created a podcast called Inspired Evolution. We've been mm. off, offline kind of, you know, joking that we're kind of mirroring each other to a certain degree. You're, you're down south, down under in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. uh, you have also collaborated with some of the biggest brands in the space from Mindvalley to HeartMath to Eckhart Tolle. Um, you've hosted tons of events. You have a, a whole tribe of people. So I don't even know where to start. I just want to really acknowledge it and share. Like It's, it's such a pleasure to have you on and it's such a pleasure to feel your commitment to this path and the inspiration that happens through your work and all around you. Oh, wow, brother. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's a, it's a lot to receive. And uh, yeah, it's always quite humbling um, being introduced on a podcast because uh, I feel like you get the stack of accolades up front, <laughs> you know, and then it's like, oh, yeah, actually, that is kind of me. <laughs> but um, as you know, you know, and I know, you know, Green Planet, Blue Planet is um, such a gift. And, you know, the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And it's just you know, a matter of getting out of your own way and stepping up um, day by day, bit by bit, taking one step at a time and, you know, eventually looking back, yeah, you know, there's some really remarkable things that happen on the way and they definitely do get accelerated when you're in alignment with um, with your calling and, you know, kind of what your spirit wants to emerge into the world. So touch wood, that is, uh, yeah, really what I believe is the path forward for most of us, if not all of us, I secretly say all of us. <laughs> secretly, uh, fingers crossed, all of us eventually at <laughs> yeah. some point. Um, Amrit, when when was that moment where you were like, aha, I'm going to build something and I'm just going to do it from my heart? Yeah, well, <laughs> you went there. So it's uh, uh, knowing you on the whole journey. So basically um, having interviewed so many people in the Inspired Evolution, um, just sort of fast forward and then I'll take us back in time. Um, one of the biggest lessons that I keep learning is our biggest challenges equals our biggest gifts. And it's the hero's journey, right? Um, it's almost like you've got to face that massive dragon and then you pull out this sword and you start to slay it and you slay it and you come back and it's like, whoa, this is the sword with which I slayed the dragon. Check it out. You know, this is even better than Excalibur. <laughs> um, and so that's, uh, that's, that's definitely the, uh, that was definitely my, my journey as well. Um, I know consciously tuning into um, your work. So some of the people will probably resonate with the movie, The Matrix, and that's probably the easiest way to describe it. Um, yeah, I, I've had two massive challenges in my life. Uh, the first one was I struggled with depression for about six years and that brought me to meditation and mindfulness. There's a whole journey in there. Um, and meditation completely changed my life. And, you know, started coaching people with awareness and to consciousness into, you know, meditation and how to just drop in, sink in, connect back into your inner self. You're doing it to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's been an absolute gift. 
And uh, with that awareness, I still walked out, you know, on the, the, the on yeah, the precipice of that journey and everything it, it, um, it afforded me, you know, I walked into basically being able to succeed really well in life because I had, you know, this awareness. But it was very, um, I had no direction, like in, from my internal compass, it was very much guided by what society was dictating was a life well lived. Um, so I continued to persevere that, uh, I pursue and, you know, persevered through that. And that was about, uh, you know, basically a decade of misalignment um, in career-wise. So something as simple, and this is, <laughs> this is probably just trying to keep it as surface level as possible, but, you know, if I was to go away and do a Myers-Briggs right now um, mm. and look at, you know, kind of what my personality type is, which I still don't believe that you can pigeonhole, you know, everybody into like 16 different categories but that's a whole nother conversation um where infinite spirits and every expression of human life is unique and to be celebrated in its own right in its own unique way um but yeah when something as simple as a tool like that goes you know the key things you should probably be is you know coach teacher mentor um when you look at the things you definitely shouldn't be based on your personality is like mechanical engineer civil engineer and this sort of stuff and i was like oh but I became a structural engineer. Why? You know? Wow. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. Like if you just tune in just a little bit. Um, but I went on that path. And for me, showing up to work, um, you know, day in, day out. And I joke when I share this from stage, you know, it's, I just think I just had my midlife crisis earlier than everybody, not because uh -huh, I'm yeah. any more special than anybody, but construction, uh, the way that it's set up in this industry was the industry that I was in. Um, the hours are like 6am to 6pm, six days of the week, rather than nine to five, five days of the week, you know, so I kind of was into the pressure cooker. <laughs> so it cooked a little bit earlier for me. Um, so yeah, I got to that juncture basically, um, where, uh, yeah, it's interesting because the first day I rocked up to work, um, in that space, I remember looking at the CEO and having been through like depression and realizing that there were certain values that were really important for me to live a life that was mentally fit. Honesty was one of those things that was really important. And I remember rocking up to work the first day and looking at the CEO and he was not to call him out, but you know, he was dishonest. He was, he wasn't someone that I was inspired to become basically he wasn't inspiring my evolution. But then fast forward, you know, we carry this sort of message. I think there's a lot of that in our generation, especially is like, we're going to be the change we wish to see in the world. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, even within this organization, I'm going to be that change and carried forward carried forward and eventually you know it, it didn't it didn't change and that was really really hard so i referred to the matrix before but i might be nerding out a little bit too much it is one of my favorite movies so pardon me for those that don't get the metaphor but there's this moment in the matrix where morpheus takes neo to the machine city and he actually mm -hmm. takes him there and goes hey check out like, you know, the sky is actually blackened, like you're plugged into a matrix where you think like everything is naturous and beautiful and wonderful, but there are still cities, but there's still nature that you can retreat to. But if you look at reality where we are right now in the future, it's actually the clouds, there's, there's the, the sky's completely clouded, there's just machines everywhere and the machines are running the world. And believe it or not, it was humans that scorched the sky thinking that if there was no solar power, the machines wouldn't be able to run. But the machines in their infinite wisdom realized that humans are the best batteries and cells that you can get. And so instead of, you know, humans propagating, they just started growing humans and placing them in pods and using them as battery sources for the machine. Yeah, like an energy source for the machine. 
and they've just plugged you into this mythological I story so that you're playing that out here, moment right? when I first got the movie watching. Yeah, it. and that's deep shit, man. Bro, that's literally how I felt. And can yeah. you imagine that going into work day in day out for the better part of a decade, literally feeling like you're being harvested, literally feeling like you're being harvested. And I think, yeah, I was just super present to it because of the mindfulness and the meditation practice. Like that, I was there was a there was a friction there, but I had no guidance, no direction in terms of yeah. where to go from here. And call it naivety, call it yeah, probably naivety. My people that inspired me were the people that were doing the work that you know you're doing now in the world. You know, leaders, people that were running, like authors, speakers, people that were contributing and having an impact. But I was still playing in this space, which was very you know insulated within the corporate model. And so for me, it was this really interesting sort of dichotomy that I'm playing in this space, but these are my inspirations. And the clear moment, I remember sitting on a construction site um, and I was sitting there, still cap boots, high vis, like, you know, hard hat, everything as an engineer, <laughs> sitting next to like a whole bunch of people in this small, yeah, and I've got an acai bowl eating my lunch, right? And uh, everybody else is eating like sausage rolls and stuff like that, right? So like pick the odd one out. <laughs> I'm eating this eyeball out on a construction site. And uh, I remember just moment of divine intervention, right? So I picked mm. up my phone and I Googled the word courage. And I don't know what, I still can't tell you to today what compelled me to Google the word courage. But I popped it open my phone, Googled the word courage, and I was blown away. For my whole life up until that point, you know, and I was like 30 years up until that point, and I was like, whoa, like, I always thought courage and fearlessness were exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's just my, like, if I was courageous, there was just, there was no fear. Like it was like, I am fearless. Yeah. Like, let's go. And that's not what the response that I got out of my phone. Uncle Google said, no, <laughs> Uncle Google said, courage is taking action in the face of fear. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like fear is a prerequisite for courage. No, no fear, no courage. Fearlessness is another thing entirely. And the minute that precipitated in my consciousness, I was like, oh, the very next like sort of spiral I went into was like, my biggest fear is what happens when I swim outside of this well-prescribed corporate nine to five lane, which is like the white picket fence, live your life after you retire at the age of 60, yeah. 65, you know, and then you can live your life when basically, you know, touch wood, hopefully not with the advances in, in medicine, but, you know, your joints are creaky and you probably don't want to go bungee jumping and skydiving and scuba diving and all that stuff, but that's the time you get to live your life. And I was just like, whoa, what happens outside of the prescribed model? And that was my biggest fear. And it literally in that next moment was like, I think I'm going to call on some courage and, you know, step out now that was a journey it took a long time to sort of go all the way down face the dragon consistently rocking up feeling harvested to that moment of like whoa and you asked which was that moment that you, you had that realization that was a big moment for me just and you know we often think that we have these moments like sitting you know in a mountain meditating or mm -hmm. you know connected out in nature but it was literally at work there was a moment where just enough had been enough and the pressure had cooked to a certain point that uh yeah I realized courage was something that I needed and it was harrowing at first because it, it yeah, the thing about courage is then it, it puts into real shape right in front of you, your fears, your fears literally are just like, okay, these are the things that you're avoiding. Mm -hmm. And from that point, I just knew that I didn't know what I, what I needed to do. So 
long story short, even though this is the longer version is anyway. No, this is a great, this is a great version of the story. <laughs> long story short, I knew that I didn't know enough. Um, and one of the things that I had been doing that year um, was inviting everybody over. I had given up alcohol and there's probably a lot to do with that um, as well in terms of how our consciousness shifts and, you know, the frequency of alcohol and what it does for our lives. Yeah. Um, every fortnight I was having people come over to this event called Mandala Moments that I was running in my home. And it was literally just people coming over to my living room. I was brewing chai and we were just shooting the shit on philosophy, spirituality, consciousness, Jungian philosophy, all this sort of stuff, stuff that we just, I loved and I wanted to have conversations about. And I met all these incredible people in my life, but they didn't know each other. And I was just inviting these people into my home. And that took a little bit of courage, but as they were coming, they were having these amazing conversations right and uh it was inspired because i used to love friday night drinks after work but i wasn't drinking anymore so i was like let's drink chai and invite some you know and i was conscious that i was the average of the five people i spend my time with and when you're spending six to six right six days of the week at you know it was like well at least a little bit of time i have for myself man i'm going to try and consciously create the average of the five people i spend my time with so i invited these people over and they were like these conversations are incredible and i wasn't leading them i was just listening you know similar to what i do on the podcast but I was evolving really fast thanks to like just, you know, the level of conversation that people mm. were having. And it was practical. It was influential. It was inspiring. Mandala moments. That was mandala moments. So a mandala moment um, in the community here is known as that moment of epiphany, basically. It's like, oh, I'm having a mandala moment. Like, you know, it's like I'm spiraling in on myself and everything is like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that's a mandala moment. Um, yeah. So that basically burst out of people saying hey we really want to record like can we like there are certain people that i wouldn't bring to this circle but i would still want to share these conversations further right. to a podcast to a podcast to a podcast and i share this with people because my friends and community were all like do a podcast and i was like i listened to a couple of podcasts at the time and i was like most of them and part of me for doing this but most of them were like american in their vibe and everybody was positioning themselves as an expert, you know, because it's a marketing vehicle at the end of the day. I didn't know that back then. And they're like, I'm an expert. Listen to me. And I'm like, dude, I, I'm the eternal student. I don't know anything. Don't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So then I was like, nah, this Welcome podcast. Welcome to the Please Don't Listen podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, nah, this isn't for me, man. Like, I don't see myself podcasting. But then a mentor appeared and he was like, hey, like, you know, I'm running a program. I really want to coach some people in uh, flex, basically my course and sort of see if we can build out this, um, build out this podcasting thing. And so I remember waking up at 3 a.m. one morning, realizing my friends are pushing, this guy's pushing and he was charging a lot at the time. And I'm almost embarrassed to admit how much I paid to set up a podcast, Well, let's not go there. But this was the energy. And I could see that I was just the resistance piece in between. Yeah. And there was an invitation for me to go, you know what, my friends are saying it, this guy's here, like, where has he come from, synchronicity.com. All right, let's just like, get me out of the way. And what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to spend some money, I've spent money before on, on stupider things. And I'll have a podcast, even if I use it, I use it, I don't use it, I don't use it, let's just see where it goes. And it cinched in, zoom. And then as I was being guided to create this, you know, they were like, how do you, who's your target audience? Like, who do you want to create, you know, the inspire? And I was like, dude, there's no target audience. I'm inspired to evolve. There's a pain here and I just want to learn how to get out of here. I was just literally digging myself out, which humbly is exactly what the artist does, right? The artist is looking for himself in the canvas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now that sounds really like hoity-toity when I say that way about myself, but that's literally what art is. Yeah. 
And so that was the approach that I took to what we now call business, right? Um, but that was, that was my just approach. To, just to pause you for a second there, I don't think it sounds totally, totally at all. I, th I think it sounds like a mandala moment <laughs> that actually just deserves to really drop in for people. Mm. Like the artist creates art because they are looking for themselves in it in a certain way, right? There's like mm. a mirror effect, which is life itself. Like every, we're, we're a mirror technology. What happens inside happens outside. Yeah. It takes usually massive amounts of suffering or spiritual awakening to understand that truly in mm. this lifetime on planet earth, things happen pretty quick. So everyone's in, a, in this lucky position together, but like we're looking for understanding who we are in the outside world. Mm. Yeah. And that's, unless um, we're being harvested. <laughs> well, that's yeah, the, yeah. yeah. And that's the Toltec wisdom, right? Like the Toltec mm -hmm. wisdom is that we are all artists and we're all creating our life and our life is our art. Right. Um, which I absolutely adore that perspective. And so there were all these basically creatives and entrepreneurs. And to be honest, I don't, entrepreneurs to me are just people that got creative about, you know, their expression in life and how they make money. So it was literally just creatives. I was inspired by creatives. Um, but at the moment, at the time, it was very like entrepreneurs, people that are having an impact, like these are the people that inspired me. And so I just decided that I was going to interview more of like, I was going to interview and share the conversations in my local community because the people that were rocking up to Mandala Moments were inspiring. And I just started interviewing my local community, my local community. And that just started to grow and grow and grow and started interviewing more and more people that were living life on their own terms and living a life that they love. That was the punchline and still is the, of the Inspired Evolution, how to live a life you love. And uh, yeah, that has just been spiraling out of control, <laughs> really. It's just interviewing um, authors, speakers, and just like, you know, what is it that's encouraged you to live life on your own terms the way that you are? Um, and it's been this massive journey um, of just meeting people. Now, the key thing in there for me was I was going to interview all these people, and this is how an engineer thinks, right? Just to give you the last little punchline to this. I thought what I was going to do was I was going to be China, right? And I explained this for a second, like Germany makes these amazing machines, yeah? German engineering is just incredible. And then China takes a German machine, breaks it apart, pulls it back together and goes, yeah, we can build that at much cheaper rates, <laughs> yeah? Maybe the quality will be about 70 to 80%, um, sometimes 40%, whatever. But I'll have something that I can poke a stick at at the other side of this. And I was like, I'm just going to interview what, in my perspective, were the German well-oiled machines in the world that were these entrepreneurs and creatives and, and just deconstruct the blueprint and just walk into the blueprint after about, I gave myself 200 episodes. I thought I'm going to do about 200 episodes, which we've done. We've well crossed that now um, to basically figure out how to become a creative or an entrepreneur. The irony was I lasted only about 10 to 12 episodes um, and I realized that creativity and is an expression unique to each individual. You're a unique creation in this world. Like no two people are the same and your creativity is unique to you. And you've actually got to take that step and trust that the paver will appear under your foot as you walk into the abyss, basically. Um, and it's again, courage, yeah, yeah. right? Courage. It's again, courage. It's being, uh, being at okay to be, facing our fears being okay to face our mortality being okay that things are you know sometimes even difficult right like it's that's all part of life and the funny thing is life teaches us that if we go look for it or if we don't like with the last two years of you know the the the, the world uh, pandemic and covid i think we've learned mm -hmm. that you know 
whatever your opinion on it is, um, you got to face your fear about it. And you're mm -hmm. either a victim of that fear ongoingly through mainstream media, or you emancipate over that fear and have the courage to do something different. And so thing it's a massive lesson you just shared there with us. I'm really, I'm, I'm super grateful <laughs> for that story. <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to also add, like, the thing about fear for me was like, it was all, it's like the fear, all of its tendrils emerged from my ego. Mm. Is what I found. So I was trying to keep myself in a position, but the I that was trying to keep myself in a position was the ego. That was the I, right? And it was trying to present as a certain way, live a certain life, do a certain thing a certain way. And yeah, it was this very, it became very apparent that if I just surrendered my identity, anything was possible, but I was not willing to surrender my identity. <laughs> that was the fear and that was the ego. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing the story of how it started and how, mm. you know, um, the <laughs> trained engineer mind <laughs> tried, to run, tried to run the show all the way until the show took off to be much bigger than that <laughs> part of the ego. Yeah, man. I mean, I think almost everyone listening to this podcast can probably relate to your matrix uh, metaphor. You know, it's mm. just, it's very real. I mean, there's many layers of it where we are like, why is the world around us working the way it's working? Yeah. How come that I have to do these things that I don't want to do, nor are they really productive, right? Or are they mm. really leading to anything? Mm -hmm. And so once you're on that level of inquiry, you know, um, hopefully you'll be the guy eating salad on the construction side. <laughs> That's usually a good indicator that they're changing. <laughs> but if you're not there quite yet, right? And tuning into this conversation, I mean, Amrit, you've been on this journey for like, how long have you been with Inspired Evolution now? Like, when did you start the brand? Inspired Evolution? Um, in September, it'll be five years. Yeah, it'll be five years. And oh, so to the, I have to, the to admit... time, like the same as Green Planet, Blue Planet. That is that's <laughs> wild, man. Yeah, but I like I'd love to get your thoughts on that as well, William, because it's like, yes, the inspired evolution is kind of like an outward expression of yeah. like self-improvement. And this is kind of, you know, not to get too deep into it, but I feel like self-improvement is like the masculine version of what we do, which is like the outward uh -huh. expression of, you know, how we show up. But then there's also the self-healing, which is like the feminine version and the inner work that we do on ourselves, mm -hmm. right? So that's where healing and improvement go hand in hand. Um, and the self-improvement aspect of it is inspired evolution. It's my outward expression of everything that I've been putting out into the world, right? Right. But prior to that, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a bit of an iceberg. You know, there's a whole bunch of work that went on with like struggling with depression, the meditation, mm -hmm. the awareness, all the conversations, all the mandala moments. And that is like really the substrate um, of what went on in there. So yes, five years for the inspired evolution, but mm. in many ways it's our life's journey, you know, and I'm saying that not to sort of say, Hey, I've done way more work than it looks on the outside. What I'm actually trying to say in there is that we've all put in, especially those listening into this podcast with you, green planet, blue planet, you're all super conscious. You've all put in a ton of work. Yeah. Mm. One of my favorite metaphors is the bamboo tree. Yeah. It takes a ridiculous amount of time. I think it's, I'm, butchering the numbers so pardon me for that but it's like something like five years that it's growing under the earth and five months for it to shoot five meters or something like that ab above the earth mm. so like did it grow five meters in five months or did it grow five meters in five years and five months do you know what i mean like 
what's your perspective on that? <laughs> right, which brings us to this like classical example that these like overnight success, right? There's like a media, <laughs> media narrative. If you ask any founder of an overnight success, they're like, yeah, it's total overnight success, 10 years in the making. And it's always the story <laughs> yeah. because we, yeah. we still as a society, especially a mainstream society, or like, you know, coming from a reductionist Cartesian perspective, where everything mm -hmm. is just like input output, we, we love to glorify these stories where there's like a lot of output. And we're like, let's measure this output. And when you're going through depression, and you're actually feeling uh, the deep grief uh, that, mm -hmm. that this society has imprinted on you, right? That's, of course, part of like in the bamboo metaphor you growing mm -hmm. under the earth in a in a, in a your iceberg is is, is building in that sense mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. to use Absolutely. all the metaphors we use yeah <laughs> and so yeah to a degree i think this is this is what work like yours and work like like mine wants to bring into the the narrative as well is that mm -hmm. that is actually a given the story is always much bigger than it seems and it's not just about the outward expression success, but the reality that I've been facing is it's not a given. Almost no one has time to look at it. So it is quite important to bring it to the center and bring it to the focus that like, you know, um, it's not just about chasing successes. It's amazing to celebrate them when they're there, but I believe it's about really being on the journey, like mm -hmm. fully being on the journey and committing mm -hmm. to the journey and understanding that being on the journey which you are if you don't get it as well, but, but like mm. when you consciously commit to the journey and you say, look, this is my journey, then you will always prioritize the journey over another five years in the same company because you can't quite get the courage up or another mm. two years in the relationship that you actually in integrity already have to end or another six months um, without telling your, your, you know, your neighbor that, you know, there's a boundary that you need to talk about. So like these yeah. things are part of our journey. And when we embrace them, I think success just follows, you know, like a certain amount of like countable things just follow, but, but we don't yeah. talk a lot about these, these like um, deeper layers of it usually. Yeah. So there was, what's, what was, uh, I felt called to share just at that juncture. Thank you for articulating all of that. You did great. So the, um, <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> I love your podcast, by the way, the, um, the, Thanks, I had this existential crisis at, at a certain point when I realized, okay, I'm the purpose coach and yeah? now like helping people align consciously to their careers because I struggled. That was my, you know, big dragon was being out of alignment with my purpose and then figuring it out through the Inspired Evolution podcast. And like, I'm a purpose coach. And I had this existential crisis, which was like, even when you're off purpose, you're on purpose because it's the journey, right? Exactly. You've got it. And it's like, well, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> what yeah, are you even yeah. doing? Like, <laughs> even when they're like, what is it? your moot? And it's like, sounds and then like also, easy work. <laughs> but then it was like this humbling sort of, yeah. and then trusting that, you know, whenever I meet my next client, like we're kind of meant to be serendipitously on this journey. And this is one of the trips that I go on with coaching as well. It's like, oftentimes I'm learning from my client and they're learning from me. And I, I, I say that to them straight out of the gate. There's going to be times because of, the depths of which we're playing in this space, I'm not coming to you with all the answers. I'm just coming with an open container and willingness to explore with you by your side about some of the conversation, like similar to what we're doing here today. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a total trip and it, it takes the trust. It takes a lot of trust in the journey. It takes a lot of trust in the universe to sort of go, hey, like, let's just see where this goes. And I think 
also when you were sharing that was, I don't know why this was present for me, but also like the, the relationship we have with immediate gratification. Yeah. Like it's the world designed around us. Even like I mentioned uncle Google before the fact that I just, you know, wanted to find out what courage was and I could just boom, pick it in and then like less than 0.000000, it tells you on Google how fast it responds to you, yeah, right? Yeah. Four, two, three seconds. It came back to you with a response like that immediate gratification. Yeah. When, like you said, overnight successes, you know, like take 10, 15 years in the making. Um, another metaphor, just to turn this into a metaphorical podcast was, uh, yeah, like, you know, the musician that's, you know, been practicing and making this amazing music people go, oh, you're so talented. And he'll be like, yeah, but I practiced. And it's like, oh, you're so talented, you know, coming up to him after the show. And it's like, yeah, but I practiced. Everyone's like, oh my God, your music's amazing. You're so talented. And he's like, God damn it, I spent years practicing. <laughs> You're just discounting all my practice for talent. I actually practiced, right? And so I think there is a disruption that's been, I don't know how consciously curated um, or maybe just organically curated in our life. But at the moment, the distractions are real, yeah. Um, palpable. They're huge. Yeah, it's a, yeah. And so that yeah, immediate. Because we, we, we've just understood as a society that. We've just understood this, that, that these social dynamics that we thought we're just consumers of, they actually mm -hmm. shape us. They actually shape yeah. our DNA. They actually shape mm -hmm. our social, emotional well-being. Epigenetics. So, yeah, mm -hmm. man. And then they 90% junk DNA, right? So, right. So, not so much. I mean, nature, yeah. nature doesn't really make mistakes. So if we put yeah. an artificial layer of grabbing exploitatively for each other's attention, then boom, we're going to create like a, you know, a, a big, a big mess, you know, at, mm. at the very minimum that. And so that big mess is, is part of also why I believe, um, you know, the, the profession of coaching has, has mm. been born kind of as part of the plot, as part of the journey for many of us, either as coaches or as people that are understanding, um, life has to do with practice. Life has to do with game time. Life has to do with asking others for help. Life has to do with allowing other others to help me, right? Life, life, mm. life actually rewards you when you hire someone to support you, right? Mm. I just hired a therapist a few weeks ago. It's not because I like have a acute problem that I'm like suicidal about or anything far from it, actually, you know, and like with, with all the respect and care that I can bring up for anyone who is in this situation. Right. But, but I just felt there are still topics in my life that I think the same way over since 20 years. And mm. I'm, I'm not necessarily clicking into that next gear of what I would um, yeah, expect from myself, mm. you know? And so how would that look like if I bring this to a therapist? And so for mm. me, this is it's a direct yes. Like, of course I'm going to do it, you know? And that direct yes, just like the overnight success takes, takes about, you know, like four months to be an overnight yeah. success. Mm -hmm. So it took mm -hmm. me a few weeks or months to be honest, to finally like have an appointment and find the right person. But what I'm trying to say is if there wasn't a, a capitalist exploitative structure operating as the, the, the meaning making grid on the planet, if there wasn't a, 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 a geopolitical oligarchical interest on all of our data and all of our behaviors, what would our behaviors be? And I believe at the bottom line, humans, and that's how we probably access a lot of this latent DNA, right? This formerly called junk DNA is when we are enabling each other, empowering each other, when we mm. support each other, when we inspire each other, because mm. then we together 
reconnect with the natural direction, with the direction of evolution. And so I, I really believe coaching is an expression of an economy of care that is just starting to happen. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the future mm -hmm. of the economy of care, coaching will look like an ancient dino is like, well, you ultimately just transactionally charged each other for the paying X to receive Y, but really be, be, below that cap capitalist lens or, le or sense making, it's just mm -hmm. about the act of caring for each other. Mm -hmm. When we do this, that's why I brought up my therapist as an example. When I go somewhere to ask for help, mm -hmm. now I'm in direct dialogue with the universe to receive help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the universe definitely rewards courage. You know, that was one of the 100%. biggest things I've been learning, just like you were sharing. The more courage you exhibit, yeah, the universe brings these pavers underneath your foot in the abyss again and again and again and again and again and again. And you just learn to step with greater and greater confidence as you go. And kudos, you know, to you for, yeah, being daring to look within. You know, I think um, with all the distraction that we were talking about, it's it's so easy to just continue to look outwards and you know go from here this thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing mm. um but it takes it's it takes initially a bit of patience to learn to sit with yourself and then it takes you know even more courage to actually inquire and poke and prod in the gooey bits which are a bit tender to sort of go you know what and then even humility to go maybe i don't know what I'm carrying and maybe someone can help me unravel this a little bit further, you know? Um, and the blessings that emerge from those unravelings are just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. The interesting thing that I've noticed over the years is that your ego, your mind, your personality wants to come in regularly and say, no, no, this part we've already figured out. <laughs> yeah. Rather than understanding, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. of course in my conscious mind, I know that there is a lifelong process of learning. Oh, bro. <laughs> tell, tell me about your story with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because that, that is totally a thing. Yeah. And it, I think after a while, once you've been doing the work on yourself and there are certain perspectives that people have, and I don't necessarily adhere to this, but I can see where people come up with these thought models from in terms of, yeah, some people believe that we come into this life having chosen the lessons that we're going to learn in this particular life. And that starts to make a lot of sense when I, when I do a whole batch of work, you know, and like I said before, it was my ego. Mm -hmm. Like one of the consistent recurring themes for me is ego and humility, ego and mm -hmm. humility, ego and humility. And that just happens to be a body of work that I'm on on this lifetime and I'm aware of it. You know, and it's it's ironic. Like I'm on a I'm on a podcast right now, you know, broadcasting to the world. It's like, who even are you to be sharing? And it's like, who are we all not to be sharing? You know, it's like the the humility and the ego, and it's like this this constant. And the ego will then resurface, and it's like, and it, it surfaces in the in in the everyday things. Like, okay, so how many people are following the Inspired Evolution podcast right now? And I'm like, who's asking that question? It's like, oh, there's a part of you that want more more wants more followers. Oh, that's the ego. There it is again. And it's like. Is it about just, you know, the random message that you'll get, you know, every now and then where someone goes, actually, this podcast has completely changed my life. I was in this state and now I'm in this state and now I'm in like a whole better place. Thank you for these conversations. Or is it about the metrics and the numbers? And, you know, it's like, oh, yep, check yourself back to humility. And it can be quite disorienting when it's like, man, I did a whole bunch of work to get out of my own way and humble myself to then, you know, move into what was not, you know, this industrious sort of career that I was following, you know, 
And then it's like the lessons emerge again within, you know, the humble space that you strive exactly. to push yourself into. Exactly. And then it's like, vanilla, and it's like, well, like this is perpetual now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but also accept that maybe those are the lessons that you've chosen to accept for this lifetime. And everybody's working on different things. Yeah. So, and that is really powerful because it affords us once we start looking at our own stuff, a level of compassion when other people are going through the same things potentially, and you can see their stuff, mm. not because you're amazing, but just because you've got the vantage of being outside mm. of them. That's all. It's so hard to look at our own stuff and it gives you greater compassion. I want to ask you about trust in this context, Amrit, and the, mm. the experience, well, well, the, the, the role you believe trust plays in our social fabric and in, in the inspired evolution um, that mm. we're hopefully here to have. And then also mm. how trust ex is experienced for you personally, like maybe all the yeah. way to like, how does it feel like in your body when you're actually in, in trust? Mm. To tie it into what you were talking before about, you know, this massive mess that the world is in at the moment, mm. I was inclined to sort of share that, you know, there is within me like a, perpet a perpetual optimist you know, even the breaking down of everything that's going on at the moment. I choose to believe that absolutely that is the hero's journey that, you know, we're all on, you know, there's like a collective hero's journey mm -hmm. and things are breaking down and there's massive dragons out there and we are, you know, choosing to slay them. And I believe that we will slay them. Now, trust is something that it's a it's a deep one because I carry an intention usually for about 12 months every year I sort of set an intention and um yeah there's it's such a rabbit hole to go into but I'll, I'll try and do my best to give you it in a succinct um succinct uh, manner for this podcast but basically I, I lost one of my mentors at a certain point um and rest in peace she's was the embodiment of grace like she was one of the most incredible people I've ever known her name was Baba or is Barbara, I feel like she's still with us in many ways. Um, and when she passed, before she went away, um, I was, you know, Mr. Self-Improvement, you know, still this young cat. And, uh, you know, I was, I had friends in our circle saying goodbye to her. And I was getting really pissed off, like really pissed off, bro. Because I was like, guys, we manifest a reality collectively together, yeah? I was talking to her about, I can't wait till you heal and you're on the other side and we're going for walks in the park again, having the conversations that we used to have, you know, this, that, and the other. Some of the conversations I had with her, by the way, while she was transitioning were some of the most life-changing conversations I've ever had. Yeah. Um, but that's another point. But, you know, I was focusing on a reality on the other side, pulling, trying to create, consciously create that reality for her and myself that we're in it together and my mentor's still here with me. Yeah? Yeah. And there was this, trust that like I can create this yeah and then lo and behold again another smashing of the ego when she passed it was one of the hardest things to process like I've lost you know family members before but there was a connection you know there that and plus I think the age that I was at like I was just on the other side I was about 27 28 um and i was just like on the other side of my adolescence when you're in that bulletproof kind of age and you sort of pop out on the other side going oh i'm you know maturing into an adult and mortality really took on shape as a fear um and i could see that you know in her passing 
there's this thing called death, you know, and Alan Watts is one of my favorite philosophers. And he talks about if you really want to live life well, if you really, really want to grow the plant of life in a really good way, contemplating death is the fertilizer, mm-hmm. yeah, um, is the best fertilizer you can get. And so, yeah, I spent probably about 12 months working on surrender realizing that she surrendered and that we're eventually all going to surrender mm. to what's next. Yeah. And then I've done some podcasts with people like Zach Bush, who's you know been a pediatric, um, who's also into soil and stuff, but he's a pretty cool guy. Um, he talks about, he talks about the second birth when you pass, he's been in that many people transitioning. It's an absolute gift that actually it's a second birth, like you're birthing into the next thing. And it's a really beautiful perspective that he shares. But surrendering even to that and the fact that you can have to surrender your relationship with this reality, your relationships, your friends. And so working with surrender for 12 months, eventually that evolved into the next intention, which was trust. And I realized I wasn't able to surrender to certain things Mm -hmm. because I wasn't trusting. And this was a question you asked about trust. And so I literally look at trust and surrender as two sides of the same coin. Yeah. If I'm unable to surrender, it's because I'm unable to let go, which is what surrender means. And I'm not letting go because I'm holding on and I'm not holding on. I'm holding on because I don't trust. If I trusted, yeah, I would just surrender and let go. Now, the interesting piece is that you like everybody listening into this you have the like the most incredible life like you are able to dial in like i'm able to dial into podcasts i've got at least some sort of form of wi-fi if i've got wi-fi it's likely i've got water i've got food i've got shelter like all my basic needs are met like and touch wood to most degrees like even if i look back 50 years ago i am more than thriving compared to what people expected life to look like yeah so i'm thriving by all measures of standards of life And this question is one that really revealed a lot of work for me was the universe is my greatest ally. Do I believe the universe is my greatest ally? Like everything that has co-conspired even till now, consciously, unconsciously, life is amazing. Like, yeah, there's, there's wants, your desires never end. Yeah. I'll let you in on a secret. Like you don't desire this and that you actually desire it all. (laughs) Yeah. You desire everything and the minute you get into a healthier relationship with like oh that never ends that's insatiable you know it's really healing (laughs) to get in touch with that and trusting that oh okay so the universe is my greatest ally and even when i share that with you even till today i can feel that like oh but there's that time that thing happened to me and there's that time that thing happened to me and those that's my shadow work Mm -hmm. there's pieces in there where i can learn to trust more and in hindsight the trust is so easy to build because you look back and like I said, the biggest challenges equal the biggest gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I look back and I go, oh, maybe I'm just in process around that right now. And given time, I'll un- learn to understand why, you know, I'm not trusting there and I'm not trusting there because, you know, that's yet to mature into this beautiful plant and learning to trust that the universe is my greatest ally was a really powerful intention and question to carry for the next 12 months to learn to trust in life more when we trust in life Mm. you ask what it feels like yeah yeah go there i feel like it's flow yeah there's a flow um and this is something that Mm. you know we're putting together the the pieces of of a tedx talk now for you know sort of 
kind of some of my philosophies on what I think, you know, is a life lived well. Um, and I've coined this sort of phrase called metaflow, basically. Um, and it's, I can't really take ownership of it. It comes together from a lot of different people's philosophies woven in together. But the way Eckhart Tolle puts it is, and the way I describe it is the easy way is using, applying as a philosophy is like, there's two purposes. There's the purpose of life and the universe itself. Yeah. Expressing itself at all times. It's the story of life. Yeah. It's this massive, massive outer purpose. Yeah. But within each of us is an inner purpose. Yeah. Tiny little molecule of purpose. Yeah. Now, it's like a wave. Imagine this massive wave. Life is this wave. It's going to wave. Like it's doing this crest trough thing and there's a barrel in there and it's this gorgeous wave. But in that story of life, all of us are here as little water molecules enabling that wave to be its wave. Yeah. Now, one of the challenges I see, and we've talked about this before with the ego, is everybody wants to be at the tip of the wave. <laughs> yeah. White picket. White, white, white picket fence. Be surfing the barrel big, while it's yeah, Big that's, mansion. That's, that's, that's the me. <laughs> yeah, and that looks like a red Ferrari in the driveway. Yeah, exactly. Sort of stuff, you know, that's, that's, that's everybody's trying to be that person. But tune into the infinite wisdom and the fact that the universe has already created that person. Yeah. And if that's you, you're entitled to that. That's you. That's your expression. That's your natural expression. Please go do that. Absolutely. But what if? Your expression is you're meant to be a surf instructor living in Costa Rica, teaching people how to surf and just chilling most of the time. But yet you've built a life trying to become this corporate slave and trying to become, you know, owner, owner Ferrari. But that's not part of why you're here. You're here to explore the ocean, be the wave. Yeah. Or maybe you're meant to meditate in the Himalayas. Or maybe you're meant to open up a daycare, many daycare centers and help children around the world, you know. Maybe you're meant to be like Montessori and revolutionize education for the world. Who knows, right? But us trying to be water molecules within the wave that we're not, right? Which is sinister when you start looking at the way society is wired because in a capitalistic structure, everybody's like, you need to be this archetype. Like you need to be this person. Like live your life once you retire. White pick a fence, red Ferrari in the driveway. Boom, right? Everybody is like funneling into that. You know, the interesting but, thing now nowadays is it, it if you were to cynically that pick apart what you just said, mm. it doesn't even look like it as much anymore because there's so many impulses. But mm -hmm. if you look back like four decades, how cinema and TV was happening, yeah, everyone exactly. was told yeah. to become that archetype. Exactly. Now we're still being told the same thing, just with a lot more sinister layers. Yeah, you well, <laughs> let me ask you, what does yeah. what does the archetype of the modern warrior look like? Genuine question to me. Genuine question to anybody listening. What is the when you see modern warrior? Modern warrior look like. What do you see? I see. Closing my eyes here, I see. <laughs> I see uh, an Amrit in the uh, <laughs> running around the planet with a, a camera and a microphone, um, taking off their shoes to be barefoot, so they get the nature impulse over the tech impulse but to actually mm. broadcast that there is different realities being lived than the mainstream culture. That's what I see. Mm. I love that, right? Now notice everybody how he had to create that for himself and he's walking that himself. He's been exploring mm. that on his journey and that's his warriorship, yeah? Unfortunately, there wasn't like, this is the archetype for me that I get to step into really easily. 
he's forging his path as he's creating it, which is super empowering, yeah? But at the same time, really fucking daunting. Pardon the French. Yeah? yeah so is. we're disenfranchised from our archetypes. We have to create our own path in this journey. And which it's exactly what you described. exciting. And it's like you said, we, we, all we need is to, to uh, for me, what works really well is the cosmic perspective of like, well, yeah. wait a second, aren't we spinning in blackness around a gas <laughs> fireball? Space monkeys <laughs> for the win. <laughs> like, no, like seriously though, I, I know, spin, I know. spinning in blackness around a gas fireball that's spinning around another gas fireball. Yeah, somewhere nuclear that, like, fission happening all around us, and yet all around us so. all the time, safely so that there's hummingbirds, and I can like take a shit as a human. Like, wait, 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 a, second. wait a second. What is going on? What yeah. is going on? This seems to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, I, I get think... it that it's pretty challenging, but it, it's it's perfect. And so that yeah. perfection, when you know, when I take enough breaths or can be silent long enough that I really truly authentically connect with that feeling, which which that's one of my practices to get there, mm-hmm. that overrides all of the fear of life. Right? right. It's just like, well, if that's the case, then let's just go fucking do anything I want to do because it's gonna somehow, probably in one way or other, work out for at least the next step. Mm. Maybe not for what I thought it's going to work out. but Yeah, right. And so and so that bringing that back in is like you're connecting back to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about the wave and the water molecules. And when you take the opportunity to connect back to yourself and find what is my position in this wave, yeah? And position is an interesting word. There's no better or worse positions. You need defenders. You need off, like, you know, you need an offense in, in, a, in, a, in a sport, whatever. Everybody's got their own place. Where like each one of us is unique. Every single one of us alive right now, those tuning into this podcast, those not tuning into this podcast, are playing their role in the wave. Yeah. Mm. Now there's we're a lot all of time travelers, by the way. <laughs> unless you're listening to this on like you know June sixteenth, twenty twenty two, in the moment Amrit mm. and I are like broadcasting this frequency into the world uh, based on our mm. life experiences you're a time traveler back to this moment into the broadcast that we've created. Mm-hmm. So we have these tremendous capacities that we take for granted. It was like, oh no, I'm just listening to a fucking podcast. What are you talking about? No, you're actually time traveling to a distinct moment in reality where two mm-hmm. people, one sitting in the Pacific Northwest of Canada and the other one sitting in Melbourne, Australia to, to like where, where they were vibrating this into the world. And, and mm-hmm. you tuning in or choosing this moment in time to connect with it, to, mm-hmm. to affirm that this is part of reality and part of your reality. It gets so trippy because actually when we go much deeper into what you're saying, this uniqueness, this diversity, it's not just our gift to free ourselves when it's truly lived. It's also our access ticket to the multiverse to understand that there isn't one planet Earth. There are 8 billion mm. planet Earths that are all experienced from different angles. And then some that I don't know how to explain, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I think to bring Sorry if I back, derailed your example. No, no, no. You, no, no way, but we just, you, just, you just inspired my, my, <laughs> you're perfect. And I think the, my yeah. expression there. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And to bring it back into the heart of connecting back to ourselves, and through these massive realizations, like you're sharing, it's like, you know, the ego, you can surrender and trust, come back to yourself, connect mm-hmm. back to yourself. You start to recognize your place in the wave. Now, what happens, which is really interesting, is when I 
connect back to myself. And I'm not trying to reach to be something I'm not. I'm not creating unnecessary friction and turbulence in that part of the wave. Mm -hmm. And I can graciously just flow and I can trust and I can move with the wave because I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing and the wave's doing it for me too. And weird stuff starts to happen. It's like you set up a podcast and like you can all of a sudden access these people that were your mentors. And it's like, but I'm just me. And everyone's like, how do you get connections to these people? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just doing what I know I was put here on earth to do, I think, touch wood, because it feels right in the moment. How do I know it feels right? It's easy. It flows. Yeah, like there's a natural quality of flow. Like when I'm in this conversation with you right now, I don't know if it's been 7 to 13 minutes or if it's been 60 to 75 minutes. I don't know right now. Yeah, time has dissolved because I'm in that state of flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. flow is richness. Yeah, timelessness, effortlessness. Yeah spaciousness so yeah and i feel all of that and then if you can start realizing oh i'm dropping into flow around these certain things those things that you're calling learning to trust that that's where i'm meant to show up more and more for me it's conscious mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i'm learning to I trust that that's where i'm meant to show up right right this moment around the yeah the trust element. and the way actually we yeah. maybe you know as you're summarizing your your next ted talk um Maybe we can go even as far to say that this this kind of meta flow or the flow that you just described mm. cannot happen without trust. Meaning it it's, a, it's a vital ingredient, even for the absolutely the, like let's just say a freestyle rapper who's entering the flow in like a spoken word poetry kind of flow, you know. Mm-hmm. Um that person trusts his or her own ability. To, to rhyme some basic words. This person Absolutely. trusts their own ability Absolutely. to feel the beat. That the right thing will show up at the right time in just exactly. the right way. Same, <laughs> you know? with, uh, same with Usain Bolt running a world record over, you know, 100 meters or 200 meters. I mean, he ran them all, right? Like yeah. he, that guy trusts that it's game time, but he's shown up for all the practice time before. Yeah. So his yeah. muscles are ready. His body is ready. His mind is ready. He's seen it in his mind a hundred times. So, mm. so there's no friction to to the moment that is actually the moment, which is the same with the wave you're saying, you know, Mm. think of it. Maybe we humans pride ourselves with being the only self-reflected intelligence on this planet. And, you know, I highly doubt that, but which part of the wave is like, wait a second though, I'm a structural engineer and (laughs) I'm not supposed to be right here. The No, because it's five o'clock and I'm like off my work. Mm. No part of the wave does that. Right. Because the wave Mm. is just, it's, it's Flow. everything and only one drop at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we as humans, we've we've just forgotten that that's our birthright, coming back to your matrix. Our example. walk in life. Yeah. It's our walk in life. That's that's why we're here. Mm. And you know, I could make this easily like a like a five hour podcast with you because it feels like you and I have <laughs> such richness in our shared field of experiences of very similar ways to find very similar mm. forms of expression in such different in such different ways and unique ways of course um but we are kind of at the last question mm. and oh. you know i think it's <laughs> going to be like a <laughs> like a like a prayer uh, more so than mm. an answer that i want to evoke from you and and my question is around your dream and your um your dream for the earth your earth vision your 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 prayer for the next seven generations mm. We pray a lot, actually, um, at home. So there are some, <laughs> I need a better way of putting this. 
but uh, it'll, it'll give you an insight into my kookiness. Um, there are some bullets in the chamber already loaded <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of prayers. Um, I'll share some of those with you, and then I'll share the one that's really in my heart. Um, so they're all really in my heart, but the one that's sort of deepest there for me as part of this water molecule in this part of the wave. Um, so first big prayer is for the waterways. Yeah, it's the lifeblood of this planet. And yeah, man, we are just polluting them nonsensically. Yeah, it's a real disconnection that we're creating. Um, water represents memory, represents clarity, represents flow. It is in our blood. Yeah, a large part of us is water. It's who we are. And we're polluting ourselves when we will pollute the waterways. So a massive prayer for the waterways. Another massive prayer that we carry is for the hungry. Yeah, so a third of the world throws out of it, throws out its food. And a third of the world is still today, 2022, dying of starvation. Yeah, like in need of a better word, the fuck. So yeah, we've got the capabilities, we've got the resources. There are shipping containers being sent to Melbourne, back to Singapore, back to Hong Kong, back to Melbourne, just because they couldn't get offloaded on a dock on time, right? So we've got the capacity to send things around the world where they need to go. We can totally sort this out, right? So massive prayer for the hungry. Um, and so the resources get to where they need to get to. That abundance, that is Pachamama. And then a really difficult prayer to carry, which I know you do um, as well, is this prayer around Aini, which is reciprocation for Mother Earth. If we could learn to respect and honour her, even an iota close to what she does for us, in terms of nourishing us, we are her, like we are water, we are Earth. We now food, we eat, the air we breathe, she gives us everything. And yet we are pretty horrific in the way that we treat her as well. So a massive prayer to come into better relationship with the earth. Um, that's that I need. No. The prayer in my heart that I choose to carry is, um, is one for vitality. Yeah, for everyone. Now, I'm a bit of a nerd for this word because I've meditated on it more than probably the average person. Humbly touch with vitality in its word, like vital. We're all vital molecules for that wave to take shape the way that it needs to. Each one of us is vital. Mm. We need to play our we need to play our role, right? In order for the wave to do its waving thing. Yeah, inner purpose, outer purpose, that alignment mm. is incredibly important. So that prayer for vitality for me is the message I carry in my heart is our health is our purpose and our purpose is our health. If you're struggling with your mental health, yeah, and yes, you know, there are people out there that have serious chemical imbalances in their head and I totally acknowledge that. And if you need medication, I understand that. But from my walk in life, and this is just this water molecule over here speaking from its experiences, every time I'm out of alignment with my purpose, I've been unhealthy emotionally, physically, mentally spiritually right your health is your purpose 
when you align to your position in the wave, the universe shows up and supports you and really, you're allowing the universe to animate you, to experience you, to experience life really fully. It takes trust for you to surrender into that. But to find your purpose is vital because that is your vitality when you're living a life filled with meaning on purpose that is the most vital vibrant version of you so a prayer for health and vitality but for me that means that everybody is contributing in a way that they love to show up and i truly believe that because like if we were running around doing things that we love all the time. We explored this very deeply in the podcast that you and I had. When you do what you love, you are a better citizen. You are a better ambassador for the earth. You just absolutely are. Yeah, you're not rushing from one meeting to the next, buying something that's well, wrapped, in, wrapped in something that you don't want, right? Yeah, like it turns into bliss at that point, right? And it's yeah. actually interesting because it's a gene key, gene key 58. I just pulled mm. it up because I, I, you know, the way you said vitality, it just like, struck me. And the shadow of it, for, for those of you that love the jinkies, you know, if, if, if you don't know them yet, you'll have to do some research. But basically mm. the shadow of vitality is dissatisfaction. Mm. And think of this world where we have everything, but we're still not satisfied. You want it all. Your desires never end. <laughs> yeah, you said it, man. Amrit. Wow. Aho. Here, here. <laughs> May these prayers be carried through all the water molecules, be remembered and be realized by us and the seven generations that come after us. And maybe not not jokingly connect to prayer, but like with all of our heart, with all of our emotion, with all of the severity on this in this time we live in, because it is really, it's both a time for great inspiration, you know, for great uh, empowerment. And you and I are, are, are channels and agents for that. But at the same time, it's also a time for great grief because we're still in transition and a lot of the old structure, a lot of the fear has to come up and be seen and be acknowledged. And a lot of the destruction of the ecosystems has to be, has to come up, has to be seen, has to be acknowledged and then transformed, right? And so, mm. whew, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your work, for the way you walk and for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom with us and your stories. I loved having you. Brother Bear, thank you so much for your blessings. It is my absolute honor to be here. Um, yeah, and thank you everybody for tuning in. It's a real, yeah, just feeling into where you are in your life and just the fact that this conversation has reached you and the fact that you're tuning into humble old me and Julian here is an absolute blessing. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and Julian. Just, you know, I'm in awe of your work, bro. So thank you for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. You're so welcome and make sure everyone to subscribe to Inspired Evolution podcast to also check out the whole inspiredevolution.com ecosystem and like just get to know Amrit. If you're in Australia and listening to, to my show, you should definitely start listening to his show and maybe maybe show up at his door and be part of the local, <laughs> the local gatherings as well. You're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap with that. You're always welcome. <laughs>